All right, and we're live now. Welcome tonight, everyone, to episode number 239 of the Xbox Roundtable podcast, your favorite Xbox-dedicated uh, show on Sunday nights, talking about all things Xbox and a little more from around the game industry. As per usual, this is your host, Invader, and I am really excited to talk with the panel tonight about, well, a whole slew of things, really. Uh, PlayStation title Death Stranding is making its way over to Xbox Game Pass PC. We'll give you our take on that surprise announcement. Also, QuakeCon is winding down this weekend. We'll go over some of the surprises and news from that. And as well, Embracer Group is gobbling up even more studios. We will cover that and more. However, joining us tonight on the panel, we got two very distinguished guests. Uh, let's see. First up, we have Garrett Atkins, a media entrepreneur, founder of Vi Media, and heavily involved in the gaming space. I mean, I don't know what else to say, bud, but uh, Garrett, it's great to have you on. Welcome tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Just uh, excited to talk some Xbox and video games tonight. All right. All right. No, that's great. That's great. Um, looking forward to hearing your opinions tonight. Uh also, next up, we have uh, the behind-the-scenes the media guru, if you wish. Uh, we got writer and co-founder and editor-in-chief uh, for Game Pass Counter, PS Plus Tracker, and much, much more stuff. Please welcome Mike Zoke. How are you doing, Mike? Ah, oh, hanging in there. Thrilled to be on. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, you know, great to see you both here. Um, you know, can't wait to uh, pick your brains for all these different topics we have because there is a lot to go over. Maybe even some stuff that uh, just came up in the past couple hours should be interesting. However, uh, you know what? Before we get into the topics, let me introduce the TXR panel crew, uh, starting off with Mr. Centurion. Buddy, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. It's Sunday night. Got a great pair of guests for the show. It's time to talk about everything that's happened, and boy, is the news getting good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly agree. There is a lot to dive into here and sink our teeth into. Uh, next up, we got Mr. Crusader. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. I have a new addiction in the gaming sphere, and it is is Fortnite. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Peppa Pig, but my mistake. No. Um, we, a bunch of my friends and I, downloaded Fortnite as a joke with the Goku stuff, like the Dragon Ball stuff that just came out, and we thought we were going to play a match or two and, you know, have some fun, have some laughs, and um, well, I'm level 75 on the Battle Pass already. Oh, dang. <laughs> we started on Thursday. Um... <laughs> It uh, it has cemented that I will never judge a book by its cover when it comes to games again, ever. So you're gonna I, play Peppa Pig next then? Uh, probably, you know, it, it has to be done. It's got touch controls now. It does. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, so that, that's been my week, and you know, next week's looking good with Gamescom and the Destiny Showcase. Everyone who knows me knows that the Destiny Showcase is gonna be like my life. I know. I see like ten today. tweets a day from you about Destiny. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, it's almost like it's your destiny. Sorry, I couldn't resist the pun, but uh, 
Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm kind of cheesy like that at times. But uh, no, hey, man, we all got our things. We all got our things. Uh, next up on deck, General MLD. How are you doing this weekend? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. It's been a, you know, a busy week, a lot of gaming news. I'd like to welcome our two guests. Game Pass Counter, like, it's pretty amazing. Like, a nice little one-stop shop. Uh, see everything that's coming and going, and yeah, it, it's amazing. So, but yeah, otherwise, uh, playing uh, to, uh, Ry- Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and uh, yeah, just playing that and enjoying that. Can't wait to talk to with, t- talk uh, with everybody. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's see. Well, just to let everybody know, uh, Shockley will not be making it tonight. And Tim Dog, well, we're still waiting for him to uh, slide on in. But uh, before we begin, guys, just a reminder to share this episode out across social media. We want everybody to know that we are live currently. As well, hit that thumb button and sub to the channel if you're a new face here. Because, hey, we love the new faces, right? We love seeing you all here. And already we got uh, some cool people in the chat. You are all awesome. Well, you know what, guys? We will not waste any time, and we will uh, lead into our first topic of the night, since there's a lot to talk about. And we had some teases from Xbox uh, over the past week uh, regarding a certain game, but as of a few days ago, we have an announcement of Death Stranding coming to Xbox Game Pass PC on August 23rd, so only a few days away. And this comes as a surprise to many, but the state of the game industry is certainly changing. Well, really ever changing. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett, buddy, I will lead off with you on this one and then everybody can kind of chime in. Uh, what do you think of this announcement? Because a lot of people were not expecting a PlayStation exclusive of all things making its way to the service. Um I'm not going to pretend to understand all the nuances behind the legal documentation that goes into these partnerships, like between Kojima Productions and um, Sony, for example. But it seems to me like Xbox has someone full-time working in a legal office trying to figure out what games they can add that uh, would make them look good in the in the battle for top tier exclusivity titles that that sony used to have like mlb the show seems like that's something that kind of happened in a very similar sense except it came the councils uh this this is not much different it just seems like they found another loophole because the publishing company for the pc version if i'm not mistaken was different from the one for council uh, therefore, it seems like Xbox's team had a little bit of leeway to get it onto PC Game Pass, which is, I mean, I, I've already played the game. I played it on uh, PS4 Pro, I believe, before I had a PS5 and before they released the next-gen version. And, I mean, it was a good game, uh, definitely a Kojima game, and it definitely was a walking simulator despite it being a very good game. Um, but... Uh, I'm I'm still excited for a lot of the people who do not have PlayStations that are now going to have the opportunity to play this game on PC. Um, and I think it's not the best look in the world for Sony. I, I can only think to myself, and I, I play on all systems, Switch, PS5, PC, and then and Series X and S. And uh, that's it. I, I can't help but think Sony does not want these types of things happening, if I had to guess. Um uh, that just leads me to believe that Xbox probably has someone work around the clock trying to figure out deals like this that are very particular and unorthodox. 
in regards to the fact that they're they're supposed to be um they're supposed to be exclusive titles that are somehow getting onto the xbox platform like mlb the show so it's very interesting uh time to be alive and in the gaming industry the past two years have been absolutely crazy Mm -hmm. yeah no and i agree on that uh i mean you look at who published the game on pc for uh playstation it's uh 505 games which yeah yeah i i guess that they would have the leeway there to make a decision i mean sony i think sony put out a statement if i'm not mistaken but yeah. uh uh i can't remember it off the top of my head i mean if somebody wants they, to uh, 505 assault like had the um soul um negotiating power yeah the deal was made in 2019 before pc game pass was a thing so there yeah. wasn't limitations in the contract that prohibited 505 games from adding it from a service like pc game pass um i'm guessing it might be different for the director's cut because obviously uh, it's just the base version of death stranding getting added to um pc game pass which is still exciting but i'm guessing um that's the reason they were able to find that loophole pc game pass wasn't a thing game pass wasn't as big of a threat at the time uh sony just kind of had the rug pulled out from underneath them they weren't expecting um, this situation to ever arise. And now we're actually getting some teases from other people around the industry saying that there might be another previous Sony exclusive on the way to PC Game Pass as well. Um, some people are speculating a game like Detroit Become Human might be mm-hmm. it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah Sony even... By, uh, Quantum or Quantic or whatever on PC, not Sony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, I was going to bring that up because I noticed that it was published by Quantic Dream uh, themselves. Yeah on pc so that i would not be surprised uh sorry garrett you're gonna say something i was just gonna say yeah so sie sony interactive entertainment made it very clear they had absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever uh they they legitimately said sie has no involvement in this promotion and that it was completely controlled by kojima and 505 so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's been on PlayStation for a couple of years now. It's already been on PC as it is. And uh, Xbox wants to get as many games onto the service as possible. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that they are more than happy to be like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll get more more hands playing this game. Right. Uh, so like, like the Kojima project that they're working on together already, obviously furthering relations with Kojima Productions is something that they're interested in as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another uh, thing to keep in mind, too, because of that de- uh, deal that uh, Xbox worked out with Kojima. Obviously, they have a game in development. And yeah, I mean, Phil was teasing uh, the Kojima, you know, the, uh, the little guy on his uh, shelves uh, going back months upon months. Nobody really knew what it was about, but they were working together. And again, who knows how far that <laughs> that goes down. It's uh, just very interesting, very curious. Um, Centurion Pal, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this as well. Um, obviously, this kind of took everybody by surprise. Uh, well, I don't know, what do you think about Death Stranding uh, going into Game Pass? because Or Game Pass PC, I should say. Because really, I mean, it's only a couple of days away now until it drops. Uh, what do I think about it? Um, just to be fair and to be blunt... <clears throat> We already touched on the fact that, yeah, Sony, PlayStation, whatever you want to call them, came out and said that they had nothing to do with this game being released on PC Game Pass because 505 Games retained 
the Kojima Productions and 505 Games actually had full uh, release rights for the PC platform. And due to not thinking that PC Game Pass was going to be a competition, they've probably left that out in all their contracts, which is we all know that Sony over the years has been very, very crafty in how, how they uh, write their contracts up to actually potentially block subscription services, control marketing rights, and a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, this is a big oops on their part. Somebody completely did not see this happening. Uh, but this also is a good thing for the industry. We're actually breaking down those barriers um, and breaking down the concepts of the exclusiveness that has helped basically springboard the, the PlayStation platform into being this juggernaut. And now we're starting to see that Sony is completely having their their antiquated ways starting to slowly be broke down. We're starting to see multiple games being released on PC. We see this game coming to PC Game Pass. Um, the concepts that uh, Sony has built themselves on over the years um, is, is finally becoming outdated. I mean, there's nothing wrong with putting your game everywhere you can to make extra money. Kojima is not here for the benefit of PlayStation or any other platform. He's here to help get himself into a better situation in life. He wants Kojima Productions to be a juggernaut itself. He actually wants to get into entertainment. He has dreams and ambitions. And by having these policies that companies like Sony like to create to keep Kojima from basically making extra revenue to help his um, studio out, you know, I really don't like the concept. We all see how Microsoft likes to, you know, they don't make these restrictive policies of you can put your game in Game Pass, but it can't be here, it can't be there. Microsoft allows developers to put their products into their services and they don't make these stipulations of exclusivity that Sony likes to do. Um, to just simply put it, I'm happy for Kojima. It's good to see that an entrepreneur in this world is able to get one up on somebody that completely forgot to leave, put something in a contract. Um, and this is just going to show other developers that you're able to come s somehow finagle your way, loophole it in without getting yourself in trouble to basically create extra revenue sources for yourself. So that way these big multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar conglomerates don't basically hold you under your, their thumb and tell you where you can and can't put your product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, things are changing in the industry. It's not like it was 10 years ago, for example. Um, there are lines kind of being drawn now where, or maybe actually there are uh, just the lines are changing now before it used to be, Oh, everything is stuck in this one ecosystem. But now even the exclusive titles are kind of, you know, there's some uh, leeway, right? Things are kind of changing. You know, it's more about having your game just played in general seen somewhere rather than just being closed off to one specific console or even store when it comes to, uh, a PC, for example, I know uh, they make certain deals, Epic Game Store, Microsoft Store, so on, whatever it may be, Steam, but uh, but then they all just kind of, uh, you know, they all just kind of branch off. Uh, Microsoft's been pretty uh, successful at that. I mean, look at how, at how many games uh, that they maneuvered over to Steam or transferred over to Steam, and they are doing amazingly well. Games like Sea of Thieves, Age of Empires... I mean, I could just go on. They've been doing really well, and kudos to them for that. 
Uh, moving on here, let's see. Uh, General MLD, buddy. I mean, I'd love to know your thoughts. I mean, Death Stranding. I mean, I always found it a very curious game, to be honest with you. Um, you know, good voice actors. Uh, looked like a very interesting game thematically, but I mean, I never thought they would come to well Game Pass or Game Pass PC. But uh, dang, that's happening in a few days. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, pal? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty historic because uh, up until this generation, this has never happened before. Sony, they do not like sharing their games. And Xbox went completely over their heads on this one. Uh, just like MLB, uh, they went over their heads to MLB, the organization. And in this case, they go over their heads to Kojima himself and uh, 505 because they were the publisher. And it's, it's really interesting. Xbox, they act all very nice. You know, we're going to keep games multi-platform. We're going to honor contracts. On the other hand, they're buying up these massive publishers and poaching games from Sony where, wherever they can. It's Hey, we this is a fascinating time we're living in right now. Like, the gaming industry is as, well, I think it's as competitive as it's ever going to be. Well, I mean, at least right now. So, it's very exciting. Uh, the game is very polarizing itself. I'm not so much, I never was really fascinated with the game itself but hey i get it you either love it or, or you don't like it that's fine but it's more like how it's more like the optics like how this all looks because people do associate death stranding as a playstation property yeah and even though it's only on game pass pc it still looks a little weird exactly like when mlb went to game pass like it looks weird in general because they again they do not like sharing so overall, though, it's a deepening relationship with uh, Kojima, and especially with their exclusive game partnership coming up. It's Xbox's commitment to strengthening their their uh, what commitment to Japan and Japanese content. And you know, I guess we're all we're all hoping more of that follows uh, with other Japanese content uh, creators as well. And whatever loopholes Xbox is going to exploit, it's pretty much clear they are going to exploit it. Like you, you guys mentioned before, uh, Detroit Become Human uh, with its PC, uh, with a PC port. If that went to Game Pass PC, fantastic. That again, that would create a lot of news. The gaming media would be all over it. Fans would be calling it out because again, it just looks weird. The Xbox is, uh, you know, taking things that traditionally Sony keeps to themselves. And you know, last week you you, you kind of hear the, the the news that Sony was paying blocking rights to third party games. It's out. I find the humor in that they're paying blocking rights to everything except their own titles. So I think that I think that's kind of funny. So, hey, I say bring it on. They want to expand PC Game Pass. I think that is by far their most untapped. Well, not untapped. Like yeah, it has the most potential to grow because of how massive the PC install base is. And doing things like this, it'll just it helps. Everything helps. Every game bring, brings in a new audience. The more you bring in, the bigger it's going to get. And it really shows that Xbox is committed to this. They're in it for the long mm -hmm. haul. They got Microsoft's full financial backing, and they're going to make the most of it. So I say bring it on. Invader, you care if I point something out real quick? Go right um, ahead. I Wait. like how we're all mentioning Quantic Dream real quick, especially with uh, Become Human. Um this actually shows that the industry, at least on the developer side, 
are really getting over the idea of being able to get stuck in the basically the circle of exclusivity and they want to be able to branch out we already saw this with quantic dream actually they've made multiple playstation games and they came out of i believe last year sometime and said that they were wanting to go multi-plat they were tired of boxing themselves in into an exclusive concept and we're seeing that with Star Wars Eclipse with their new title that they're wanting to come out with. I'm wanting it to be their first multi-platform game. Mm-hmm. Now, what was that other... Oh, yeah, Beyond, right? Uh, that... What was it? Uh, they Yeah, they... Yeah, yeah that one, that one. Uh, is that published by them, too, on PC? Ooh, good question. I wonder. That I'm not sure. I believe it is. Was it called Beyond Two Souls? Yeah, that's it. That's the one. I'll look it up. I got you. Yeah. Is it on Steam? That's the easiest way. Yeah. It was published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Oh, that's for PlayStation. Oh, one sec. I have Steam pulled up. I have a feeling it's for uh, by Quantic Dream, but I yeah, it is. it's Quantic yeah, Dream it on PC. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I publish all of their games that are on PC. Yeah, they could bring a bunch of those games over at one time. That's usually how they do it is rather than just picking one title out, Xbox has a tendency to bring over a bunch of titles from an individual publisher at one time. Yep. Mm -hmm. One thing I will comment on just piggybacking on what uh, Centurion and MLD were saying, because this is relatively, it's not really, when it broke, I didn't think it was a big surprise. I thought it's already been talked about a handful of times, but you know how the industry is. Sometimes you hear the same news five times and it's treated as new news every time. That said, the blocking rights thing with Sony, um, I'm sure every video game development company would love to have their game on as many platforms and as accessible to as many people as possible every time. But at the end of the day, you have to remember all these are businesses. So as long as Sony has a dominant market share on the console side, um, and as long I'm business and marketing deals, all they are is equations. Like uh, if Sony pays us X amount of dollars, do we believe that figure is going to be more than or less than what we would have made had we just released the council outright on the all platforms? And if the if the money makes sense, um, they're they're most likely going to do it. Someone would really have to have their principles straight to kind of turn down a deal that would, in their mind, make them more money than the other deal. That said, as Sony loses market share, they're not going to have the same amount of leverage. And we have, before I say anything more, there's a long way to go until that happens. But Xbox is doing a really good job of selling hardware so far this generation and making sure they have available consoles compared to Sony. But as long as Sony has that upper hand on the market share on the hardware side, those kind of deals are going to continue happening probably for another two to three years, maybe even more. I mean, they'll, they'll happen in perpetuity, but I think they're going to happen as often as they are now for at least another two to three years because it takes a long time to come back from a fifty less than 50% of your competitor market share uh, deficit that Xbox was in last generation. Um, but I am excited to see what Game Pass allows Xbox to what kind of deals Game Pass allows Xbox to crack on PC Game Pass and console Game Pass in the future? Um, but yeah, that's my two cents on the uh, buying people out. <laughs> so 
with the concept of Game Pass, it, like I knew when Phil Spencer proposed the idea of Game Pass or what is, everybody tried to coin as the Netflix of gaming, I knew it was going to be an industry disruptor. This was going to disrupt the concept of how the industry functions and works. And they have completely disrupted Sony's uh, objective of how to basically treat exclusive games and create marketing mindshare. But now because of Game Pass, developers see an even bigger source of being able to get their game out there, a much bigger source of of marketing revenue. It's going to be really interesting how many developers actually want to take advantage of Sony's uh, that like extra bit of money for blocking rights, especially within the future of it's going to be on just physical hardware sales. We already see Microsoft signing up with Samsung uh, to get basically the Game Pass app on televisions. There's talks about a dongle that people will be able to use to have streaming games without the use of a console. It seems like Microsoft is poising themselves to really, really break down the barrier on the barrier of uh, the cost of the barrier of entry of what it takes to get in the Xbox ecosystem. And Sony knows that at any time, Microsoft could pass them in mindshare just because of the ease of access that Microsoft is trying to create to the ecosystem. Yeah, no, I agree completely what Microsoft, and I, whenever I heard about Game Pass, I mean, I just think about, I'm, my whole life is is business. I only do business and video games basically as my two hobbies. And whenever I saw Game Pass, I just couldn't help but think of it being a very revolutionary thing the same way you did when you heard of Game Pass. Because, I mean, if you just look at what Netflix did, the Blockbuster, for example, when you have or Uber did the taxis, I mean, every single time uh, a business plan such as this has been introduced into a market it's taken over as the main way every single time on the major industries and so for this to be any different than that would be crazy um i think that uh, this is the same business plan they rolled out for tv and movies and for taxis and for hotels with airbnb and i think it's going to become the main way of doing things um, undoubtedly, it's just a question of how long is that going to take, which is the only reason I would say, say that Sony would have huge leverage for another two to three years, because I think it's going to take until cloud is not only released on all these TVs and the dongle, which is undoubtedly being made there. I believe they released a code name at some point for that. I could be mistaken, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, once all that stuff's out, that's the first milestone. The second milestone is being able to play a game like Halo and ranked on the cloud. I don't know if you guys have tried that, but it it's not the preferred way of playing. But once those two milestones are hit, there's no doubt in my mind that what Microsoft is doing with Xbox right now is going to take over. A, a, I mean, it won't be so much who has the market share on hardware install base. It'll be who has the market share on users on 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 cloud gaming for example and whenever that pivot comes to which one's more important than the other because right now hardware is uh definitely more important for profitability than uh users on the uh subscription model once that shift happens there's going to be uh even bigger change in how microsoft and sony both approach um deals with video game development companies in my opinion Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, no, that's a great point there, Garrett. And Centurion, too, really excellent points. Uh, Crusader, I know you were just it- itching here to chime in. Uh, please, uh, what-, what are your thoughts on all this? I knew it was best. To- I knew you were going to have me either go first or last for this one. When, <laughs> when I saw you were going to have Garrett go first, I-, I knew I was going last. Right. And, you know, I- I'm the one. I, I didn't see the like i saw some other people comparing it first but i'm one of the i I think between me and uh you know garrett and mike with with the retweeting and covering what i what i've said and and my 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 cover through of uh of this you know I, i saw this coming a mile away you know with with it being 505 and uh you know i explained this was 505 announced their um their partnership with Sony and Kojima to publish this game before Game Pass for PC was even announced, right? Um, and that's why there's nothing in the contract. There's nothing in the contract because no one thought it was going to be a thing. That like there was no reason to put it in the contract because there were no services like it on the PC to even think about. That and Game Pass on console was less than 10 million subs at that point in 2019. Yeah, it was really funny watching you and me get yelled at on Twitter for saying um, those statements, like just yeah. explaining in plain terms why it wasn't an issue, and or even just saying that it, the um, game that PC Game Pass was teasing with their profile pictures was yeah. Death Stranding. Yeah, there were people I, I, trying to say that's Fable or that's Hellblade Two, or yeah. and then like ten minutes later, somebody posted an Found actual yeah. in game of yeah. the Rock that was yeah. in. Game Pass's profile picture, um, but it, I think it just kind of shows the marketing that Xbox has because they were able to get people talking for days just yep. by changing one of their Twitter accounts' profile pictures. Yep, and it, it was it was smart, you know, like they have a very grassroots, organic kind of marketing that they do, right? They 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 do it brilliantly, where they they put out these weird like teasers where they they hide messages that you need to like take the stuff into like photoshop and like change the saturation of the images and it gets people talking like what game are they teasing this time what game's hidden in the in the fine text this time or what what what, what are they like whenever the official account does something you you know they're teasing something it's just a matter of figuring out what on earth they're teasing right um but i put out a very spicy tweet either last night or the night before i don't remember which and I'm of the very strong opinion that when the dust settles on what Game Pass is, right? Because there will be a point where, like, everyone's going to be excited for Game Pass. But, like, it's not going to be it, – it, it's going to have kind of settled in and we're, we're going to be used to its existence, right? Because I, I don't think any of us, you know, are still quite used to its existence and the, and the, the random stuff that comes to it, right? Like, every time we see something like this happen, it's, it's big news. And I think there's going to be a point in time where it's not um, – it, it's not going to – like, like uh, unless, like, something – you know, Call of Duty's going to be on it when they, when they own Activision. Oh, yeah. You know, so like there, there's going to be a point where like it, like games coming to it isn't shocking anymore, and it's not news, and it's not it's not the, when when they don't actually need this like kind of one uppingness, right? Like there there will be a point in time when that's not necessary because it will be just a staple. Oh yeah, the shock and all will be gone. It'll just be like hearing about a new show coming to yeah. Netflix. And it'll know? it'll still be exciting. We'll still talk about it, but we're we're gonna be talking about it in a different tone. Like we're not gonna be talking about it like this anymore, right? No, it'll be everyday and life. We'll be, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe Death Stranding is being and, added to Game Pass. It'll be oh cool, they're adding Death Stranding to Game Pass. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and, and look, it, it, 
Xbox is never going to control the PC marketplace, right? The PC marketplace, because they, because they don't control the hardware, right? Mm-hmm. They, they control the OS, kind of, right? But, like, the OS is so open. Anyone can do anything on it, right? You can create new programming languages every day and do whatever you want on it. And so they're, they're, they're always going to be fighting for market share on PC just alongside every other publisher and every other storefront. And it's of my opinion that when this dust settles and when stuff's no longer shocking and when when all this is said and done, that you're going to actually probably see PlayStation, unless they have their own service on PC just like this, probably just put their games on this service. And I don't mean like day one and maybe not some of the, the absolute biggest ones, but their live service games, yeah, you know, because what's more beneficial to them for their live service games, right? Their live service games, they want to make as much money as possible point of a live service game so uh, breaking down barriers for that is probably a good thing and uh, unlike in the consoles right where they are actively fighting with each other for 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 market share and like actual getting people to adopt their platform right and it's not quite the same fight as like a a lawnmower company versus another one where like a household's only gonna buy one like i have an xbox and a playstation Mm -hmm. a lot of people are gonna end up getting an xbox and a playstation right on pc it's just kind of you own a pc and it's what games do you buy right right and so you know on on, in that front they're all like on the console front they're always going to be direct competitors but on the pc front synergistically it might even be hilarious for them to work together and i'm of the opinion that some of their like their oldest titles and especially the ones that aren't quite as big as as others like i'm talking your days gone i'm talking your um like horizon zero dawn horizon zero dawn's great game but it's not it's not like their god of war it's not like the last of us or uncharted right it's i i think it might be at some point but it's not now because it's so new i think that you could actively see sony putting them on the service because unless they have their own and it's going to be very hard for them to create their own because they don't really have their own storefront and getting people to adopt their storefront is hard we've seen epic trying their damnedest to get users and uh developers to adopt their storefront and it's just not working yeah. right so it might be a synergistic move for them if they both want to gain more market share on pc to actively work together on PC, whereas on the other platforms, they're in more direct competition with each other. And that seems like a very counterintuitive team thing, but this kind of thing happens all the time in, in business, right? Yeah. You know? a, I was just oh, going to say, it depends on how they approach it. If they just, yeah. if they, if Xbox, I mean, Xbox has its own little store. I have, have actually not checked out if PlayStation does or not. They don't uh, yet. There's, okay. there's rumors they're opening one, but they, they don't have one. Yeah, so I was just going to say, it depends on how Microsoft and Sony wants to, how serious they want to take it. Right now, it seems like they're both looking at it as a way just to sell more copies of their game and to make them a little bit more profitable, especially Sony, considering they don't even have their storefront, apparently. Yeah, well, um, so oh, if they ever take it... No, you're fine. So I interrupted first, so it's my bad. I was just going to say... Um, since right now they're, it seems to me they're just trying to treat it as a way to make some extra cash off the games um, until they both kind of double down on a, a storefront or marketing them in ways that isn't just looking to sell extra copies. I don't know how serious they're going to take it. At least Microsoft is actively where I don't know if you guys pay attention, but uh, to this specifically, but Microsoft is actively changing their Xbox store quite often right now. So hopefully yeah. they take that more yeah. serious. And, even if PlayStation has their own store, that wouldn't stop them from partnering with Game Pass. No, not right? at all. 
because like EA Play is partnered with Game Pass, and that you like you don't download those through the the Xbox Store. You download them all. There's a little. There's some back end things for some like compatibility reasons and stuff like that. But you 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 play it through Origin. You know, you play it through EA Origin. Same yeah. with Ubisoft games. You play them through UPlay. So even if PlayStation has their own store, the listing on Game Pass could just direct them, and it kind of fits into into the model because it's not like PlayStation's against subscription services. They they have dumped a lot of money into PS Plus Extra and Premium very recently, right? It's just yeah. the model of how they're doing the subscription service, right? They they don't believe in going in day one. They believe in it being an additional revenue stream post. Um, release of their game, right? Like it's 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 another form of like a double dip, so to speak. You're not getting the same customer necessarily to pay twice, but you're getting more money from customers who maybe weren't going to buy that game, right? Well, yeah, now, now you have a way to monetize your your back catalog, and releasing on PC is the same thing for them, right? They're not they're they're currently not doing that day one. I think they will with live service games, probably won't with um the the single player ones. And so, like, that's another form of double dipping. And partnering with Microsoft and getting a a large payout for some of their games on PC that have already released and have already been in their prime and things like that might be a fourth kind of double dipping for them, right? To to make more money off of their games in the way that they so choose, right? That they they believe subscription services are this post-launch monetization process, whereas Microsoft views them as a way to actually release the content. Which we, we see that same kind of thing as a debate even in the, the TV film sphere, right? Yeah. Not everything comes to Disney Plus or Netflix Day One. Some of them still come to the theaters first, or you gotta pay an extra fee for like the, the super Disney yeah. Plus in order to, to get the, the stuff in the pandemic Day One, right? So like we, we see this debate on exactly how to launch content everywhere. But everyone kind of agrees that these subscription services are going to exist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. And, and they, they are the great, they are one of the greatest way to monetize. And I think on PC, it's going to be very hard for PlayStation to release their own subscription service because they have to have their own storefront and they need a ton of third parties on board. Whereas Microsoft already has that. And maybe it would just be a smarter investment because it would take a ton of money to get everyone in. Maybe it would just be smarter to get the payout when the dust settled and Game Pass isn't as shocking and it's just kind of a commonplace thing. Maybe they just get the payout and work together on PC. Yeah, I was going to play a devil's advocate there for a second. I I disagree. I don't think Xbox and PlayStation will partner up on the PC side, at least anytime soon whatsoever. No, I, mean, I agree with anytime soon. I was saying yeah, like even like five years, I think five plus years yeah. out. And the, the my main reason is Sony... Uh, they they have such a large portion of the market share that they can afford to not have to crack deals like that, even if it would bring in other uh, revenue streams. And then the main reason is Sony has a tendency to partner up with whomever is doing the biggest things right now. And right now, that is not PC Game Pass. I don't think they've released numbers on PC Game Pass specifically. Maybe they have. But I can't imagine those numbers are very pretty when compared to Xbox Game Pass. They're probably um, the best service on PC, but they're probably you're you're absolutely right. They're probably oh great minimal. service, great yeah. service. They, it's just not when you have Steam, Epic, and yep. all these you know monolithic um, companies on that system that you have not been capitalizing on for a very very long time. Compared to Steam, I see partnerships with the larger services to be much more likely than with PC Game Pass. 
not only due to the fact that they're direct competitors, uh, PlayStation and Xbox, that is, but just because it wouldn't make financial sense yet, because I don't think that the user base is there, despite it being a freaking wonderful service. You also have Steam a few months ago saying that they're interested in working with Xbox to bring PC Game Pass to Steam itself. Yeah, that's that would be big. PC be Game Pass, an absolutely massive jump. I could see both PC Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra slash Premium doing something like that with Steam. Yeah. In fact, I bet the likelihood of that. If Xbox does it, there's a 90% chance or higher that PlayStation does it. And now Steam is making money off of every user that subscribes to Xbox Game Pass or PS Plus within the Steam platform. I could see that happening very, very easily. It seems like every single time uh, people over the past few years have said, Sony's not going to do this with their games. It's inevitable that they do just that with their games everyone said that they weren't going to bring their games to PC. PlayStation themselves said that they weren't interested in bringing their games to PC. Then it became lucrative, and now they're bringing their games to PC. They said that they weren't going to do a Game Pass-like subscription service. They were going to keep PS Plus how it was. Now we have PS Plus Extra and PS Plus Premium. Um, obviously, there are still difference, differences in the philosophies behind the way each one is run, like Crusader mentioned previously with the Day 1 um not happening as often when especially not with first party um titles on ps plus but they still entered this realm that they had re- previously stated they weren't going to enter um so i could yeah. definitely see them partnering with steam or like crusader said i could also see them partnering with um game pass and pc game pass if it becomes a larger platform in the next five plus years which at the rate that the services have grown i could easily see that happening they have been absolute monsters in growth every single year i looked up the numbers the only number we've gotten for pc game pass is that from 2020 to 2021 it grew 300 percent that's the only thing they've given us yeah we don't know what from what (laughs) yeah that's what i was gonna say 300 percent uh based on what original number and i just don't think those numbers are too surprising yet uh, with where it probably started at, you'd want to see a 3,000 or 30,000 rather than a 300. But that's still awesome. And I use the service. It's amazing. That's where I like to play my uh, top-down RPGs like Pillars of Eternity. That's what I use PC Game Pass for, you know? Oh, and especially um, when uh, Riot Games at E3, they said all their games are coming to Game Pass with, with PC awesome. perks. I'm sure that gave them a nice boost as well. Oh, well, and that's really good for Riot because right now the only way to play their games, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, is through Riot's platform, which since you only have Riot games on the Riot platform, they don't have very many users. So it is super to the benefit of Riot to get their games on a service like PC Game Pass. I mean, they're going to see a huge boost from a demographic that would have otherwise not touched really hardcore games like League of Legends or Valorant, for example. I am guessing, though, that we'll probably see them do what EA has done on PC Game Pass, like Crusader also mentioned previously, where the the links and the downloads from PC Game Pass for Riot's games will launch in Riot's launcher, as opposed to launching natively in PC Game Pass itself. Yeah, I'm going to be Did they announce that, or is that just your assumption? That's just an assumption. Okay, Um, yeah. I'd be curious. Every other game, basically, on PC Game Pass that is by a developer that has their own launcher currently does. 
Okay. Yeah, they updated the back end so that it could support like more stores in the future. Is what that they, way they like, don't have to work for an actual Windows release because all all yeah. games that run natively through PC Game Pass by default have to have a Windows release. So instead, Riot doesn't have to work on developing a Windows release that works through the parameters of that software, and instead can focus on uh, boosting traffic to their own launcher and their own games while still benefiting benefiting PC Game Pass at the same time. So I'm actually going to backpedal a little bit when I said Xbox and Sony both need to take it more serious. Uh, now that I think about it, if Xbox is allowing Riot, which, uh, like I said, correct me if I'm wrong, Riot, you can't play Riot games through Steam right now, correct? Yeah. So that said, right now, like PC Game Pass or whenever that happens, because that's not in place yet, is it? Uh, no, they know of winter 2022 slash 2023. So I would guess sometime mm -hmm. between like December and March. So think probably. about how badass that is that you're about to be able to play some of the world's biggest games, the two of the games, like two of the biggest games on top five games on Twitch every single day in and day out. You're about to be able to play those on PC Game Pass, but not even on Steam. Like that's a huge get right there. But yeah, sorry. It's, and you're it's getting the bonus of all of the characters unlocked. You don't have to pay to unlock yeah. them or grind to unlock them. You're going to be getting benefits through that service that are going to take people who already play these games uh, but don't want to spend the outright cost to unlock all of the characters. You're going to have those players subscribing to PC Game Pass just to get all of the characters immediately. And it's also going to be the first PC-exclusive games to have a cloud version for mobile. They're going to be running yeah. on some kind of it will be running, yeah. But that um, that they they did say that they're coming, they're going to be bringing them to mobile via the cloud, and th Which is that was a that was an that. underrated bit of news because that would mean that they're a PC game that's coming to cloud, and they don't need uh, an X a a, a a a Series X APU blade. Yep. We're forgetting also one thing that could really drive a lot of cooperation with the companies that already exist in gaming. And that is for new companies like the Amazons, the Googles, and even maybe even the Tencents, the guys that want to come in to gaming and treat it not as how basically in a way that us gamers don't want to see the, the actual gaming industry go. And by having companies like PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo, Steam, uh, the Epic Game Store, having the cooperation with these companies to basically keep gaming as it is, um is probably could potentially be another driver for the cooperation between these companies to keep some of these these new up and coming uh you know dreams from some of these uh businesses that want to be in gaming from coming to fruition we already saw this with google stadia stadia just had a bad business model to begin with oh yeah. they had a bad business <laughs> model but yeah to stadia get switched to game pass uh, like High on Life was originally supposed to be a Stadia title, yeah. um, but with the failure of Stadia and them slowly rumoring to be shelving the service, um, we're probably it's very likely that we will see more and more games like High on Life that were originally slated for Stadia to end up coming to Game Pass instead because it's oh yeah it's an untapped market that Microsoft has an advantage of probably negotiating with before um, PlayStation Plus because PlayStation. Uh, at least currently, is not focused on getting those big day one releases. We've had Stray so far as the only... Well, we had 
Um, Shadow Warrior 3 was the first day one release on PS Now before PS Plus released. And then Stray is the only other day one title we've had added to the service since then. And obviously it's only like two months of, two almost three months of existence. But with Game Pass, you have day one titles almost every week dropping on the service. So it's a really big difference um, there as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um... Like, certainly interesting, again, all this uh, Game Pass news, especially on the PC end. And I'll be looking forward to see, like, more PC announcements as, like, the months go on. Because, you know, X Xbox, they've made inroads, obviously, on the console. But, yeah, you know, trying to get traction on the PC. Um, I can definitely see them becoming more aggressive. And, obviously, as was stated earlier with, uh, you know, Riot Games, the announcement at, uh, you know, their... Uh, showcase back in june uh they want to be way more aggressive on both fronts and honestly exactly. mm -hmm, yeah exactly and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made some uh like specifically pc developer uh studio uh acquisitions in the near future maybe even a publisher yeah going off of that they've actually this august of 2022 is one of their most aggressive months for pc game pass that we've seen in recent years and that's not just talking about the quakecon news which we'll get to in a little bit but they have had numerous pc only titles being added to pc game pass as well like exhibition rome um a few weeks ago we had off-world trading company um we have the quakecon announcements it's 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 the past few weeks have been very PC Game Pass driven to the point where it has sparked a large debate throughout Twitter um, and the Xbox Game Pass sphere about parity between uh, PC Game Pass and Xbox Game Pass. So I think I think they are starting to move that that um, mythology. They're trying to basically get whatever games they can onto PC Game Pass that they can. Because the biggest thing they need to do is get more developers that develop these PC-only games on their platform. If they want to mm -hmm. get PC players to play where they have their PC games, they need the games that PC players play, yeah. uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, and to be fair, they have neglected the PC for... Well, I mean, they've been better in recent years, obviously, but uh, you know, for a while it was uh, not too good. Not too good. Um very neglected yeah, yeah. Uh, since i keep track of all of that stuff uh console game pass has over 20 more titles available to it than pc game mike, pass mike, mike you keep track of that stuff i keep track of, that. I keep track of everything here um how that's news to me yeah gamepasscounter.com anyway um and the ratio of games that have console versions and pc versions that are available on console game pass but not PC Game Pass in comparison to the games that have a console and PC version that are available on PC Game Pass and console Game Pass is about 20 to 1. Wow. Damn, that's quite yeah, the difference. Yeah, off the top of my head, the only game on PC Game Pass, and I don't, I believe it was removed, actually. The only game that I can think of in recent memory that was on PC Game Pass that has an Xbox version is Desagia 4, uh, which was, I, it was removed. But it was on PC Game Pass for over a year, and it was not on console Game Pass despite being available on Xbox. Um, I'm not even certain if there are any other games that are available on both PC and console Game Pass that are only available on PC Game Pass. But there are dozens of games that are on console and PC that are only on console Game Pass. Look at most of the sports titles, um, and you will see that a lot of them are not available on PC, like NBA 2K22. 
is not available on PC Game Pass. Mm-hmm. That's mm. a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's going to be interesting in the coming months and years uh, what ends up on uh, Game Pass, whether it be PC, console, and so on. But yeah, the PC is uh, becoming more interesting at that end uh, with Death Stranding hitting. And uh, who knows, guys, uh, we might see more uh, Sony IP coming over. You never know, depending on some of those publishing deals like Quantic Dream and so on. Uh, just taking a look at the chat and the super chats. We have a couple of super chats from Carlos Alvarado. Uh, 199 here. 505 Kojima demonstrating how good Game Pass is. Well, I mean, it's certainly very tempting for them to add the, their games on there. So, I, hey, I don't blame them. They're probably going to explore it more. Uh, what totally, it totally speaks for itself at this point. Yeah, no, I agree, Mike. Uh, what else? Carlos Alvarado, another super chat. Redfall is looking fire. Can't wait for that to drop. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it's looking good. We will dive into that in a couple of seconds and just uh, just get into all your super chats here, Carlos. By the way, thank you very much. Very kind. Uh, another 199 super chat. Uh, getting closer to Activision Blizzard King Deal closing Saudi Arabia. Yes, and we will touch on that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it does seem like uh, there's a little bit of fire. There's certainly uh, some news coming coming out about that today. Things are certainly heating up. Um, but yeah, guys, um, why don't we move on to some other bits of news? And uh, very recently, you know, why don't we talk some QuakeCon? QuakeCon... Uh, happened this weekend and we got a closer look at redfall plus an announcement of a few games heading to xbox game pass uh, pc as we teased earlier uh the likes of quake 4 quake champions and a few others uh mike i'll head straight over to you for this one uh what did you think of uh, this year's quake con did anything uh, catch your eye obviously i mentioned a couple of games there redfall i don't know did anything catch your eye this was probably one of my favorite Quake Cons in a few years, which is interesting because it is the first Quake Con where we didn't have um, really any definitive news about any upcoming major titles from ID Software. They did tell us that they are currently in progress developing their next big title, um, which will likely, I mean, not likely, it will be a day one Game Pass game in the future. We don't know what it is. There's a lot of speculation that it's going to be some kind of Quake reboot or remake which I love Quake, so I am 100% down with that. But even the additions that they brought to PC Game Pass, I found A, awesome, B, I called it, um, as they were doing all of these insider testing for the games that they added to PC Game Pass, I said, I guarantee you at either QuakeCon or Gamescom, these games are going to be added to PC Game Pass, uh, let alone it was QuakeCon. So we have Return to Castle Wolfenstein being added, Wolfenstein 3D, and Elder Scrolls Legend Battlespire, uh, Quake 4, and then the Legend of, or the Elder Scrolls Adventure Redguard were all added to PC Game Pass. Um, I'm really happy with how they've been handling bringing back older Bethesda titles through PC Game Pass, like Arx Fatalis last year and the original Fallout games. Um, hey, Mike. I hope that they do more with it. Yeah. I was just going to ask because I didn't I didn't get to watch what was Elder Scrolls Legend and Elder Scrolls Adventures all about. So those two older Elder Scrolls games from back in I believe both are from the nineties. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, they're they're just re-releases um, onto the Windows Store and PC Game Pass. 
Um, but there, I haven't played either of them myself. I've heard really good things about both, especially Battlespire, um, which is listed to have both co-op and online play. So I am interested in looking into those as a really big Elder Scrolls fan. But I, I do hope that Bethesda and Xbox themselves focuses on not just bringing these titles to PC, but bringing them to console and just doing more with them. I'd love to see remasters of some of these games. I'd love to see collections of some of these games. I, I They have such a iconic and important history to the entire gaming industry. ID Software is second to none when it comes to uh, what they have done for the first-person shooter genre historically. I mean, we wouldn't have, have today like Halo or um, Destiny without... Uh, Wolfenstein and without Doom and without Quake and without Hexen and all of those games. Um, so I I'm I really like this QuakeCon. I'm I'm really into the preservation of gaming. Um, these are games that could have easily been lost um, to time uh, if not given the proper attention. So I'm glad that they they took the first step into bringing more of these older titles to an audience that can discover them for the first time revisit the games that they grew up with um but i do really hope that they will do more with these games because they deserve it um and same with the games they added last year i know we've had a lot of rumors about like a fallout remaster trilogy of uh fallout 1 fallout 2 and uh fallout tactics being worked on but i, I want to see i don't want just rumors i want to see those dreams become reality and i want to see these games be given new life because they, they absolutely deserve it mm -hmm. yeah no it was a pleasant surprise seeing all these uh games pop up for pc game pass i know a lot of people i remember the achievements had leaked early for quake champions and they're like everyone was like oh it's coming it's coming i was like oh all right very nice i hadn't played quake champions so i wasn't sure how good it was on uh, pc but hey people seem to uh, be really thrilled about that uh, Quake 4, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, and uh, those Elder Scrolls games that you mentioned. I was surprised about the Hexen games going over to the Microsoft Store, but, uh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be owning the IP soon anyways, so... Yeah, which is kind of interesting to me, because they were able to get Hexen onto the Microsoft Store, not Game Pass yet, um, despite not currently owning the IP. But Quake 4, a game that was published by Bethesda, but developed by current Activision Blizzard studio, Raven... Mm -hmm. um, they were not able to get for Xbox Game Pass despite previously having a 360 version of the game. So I'm guessing it has to do something with either Raven and Activision owning the code to Quake 4, or maybe some licensing with music or something that is inside of the game um, that will could, not allow to relist it on Xbox. It could also be a technical limitation. It could also, yes, um, that's very good. Yeah, they said that there were technical limitations with what they could bring back in the... In the um last year so if it didn't come last year there's definitely some kind of issue with it coming maybe the the deal being finalized will bring it but i mean it, you know quake 4 was the big the big one in the room that everyone was mad about and i'm like look they, they tried their best to bring everything back last year and they said they really couldn't do anything so nothing's changed you know it exists on pc it works on pc they just got to put it on a new store yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot of um, logistical barriers that I think a lot of people don't understand when it comes to how putting games in different places works. A lot of people seem to have this mindset that it's as simple as pressing a button 
and a game can appear on another platform, but there's publishing deals. It's it's a lot easier to get games on different PC stores because they all exist on the same hardware than it is to take a game that is on a different hardware and bring it to another hardware. Not only do you have to get the publishing rights for it or a publishing agreement for someone else to publish it on your platform, but an actual version of the game likely has to be developed for it to run in the parameters that your console um, allows. You can't just take Death Stranding for PC or PlayStation 5 and put it on Xbox Series X and expect it to run. There's a lot more technical and logistical barriers that prevent something like that happening, um, both on the rights and where they are and the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, let's see here. Uh, Crusader, I know you just uh, chimed in a little bit, but what do you think about all this? Um, you know, it is interesting seeing these games uh, for Game Pass PC get announced as uh, you were just chiming in. Um, did anything else catch your eye at QuakeCon? So, the Redfall stuff looked neat. I, I still have to watch the full thing. I, I, I was busy, and then the Death Stranding news dropped, and then Fortnite consumed my life. So I didn't catch all of the coverage of Redfall, but I saw enough that that made me very excited. I'm just like Mike, and I care deeply about the preservation of games. So I've been following the testing of these games very, very, very like closely on on the the PC store, and it makes me so so happy to see that these games that probably aren't going to make them a lot of money and aren't going to, like probably cost them more. To, to do what they did to like make these to make the games run Definitely. better on like Windows 11 because like that was the, a big part of the testing right was that they were they were in the back end they were kind of migrating the APIs up from whatever ancient version of DirectX that they were on to run on DirectX 11 10 11 12 what what have you and it, it it probably costs them way more to do all that than they're ever going to make back from this, right? And yeah, nobody's that, that... Game Pass for Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. It's a nice little thing to have there, but no one's no one's going to be subbing to Game Pass for 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 any of this stuff, right? I mean, a couple of them are legit just available for free. But yep. one of the big things that Microsoft, you know, especially like Jason Ronald um, within Xbox, really seems to care about is the preservation of software on their pla- on their platforms, whether it be preservation of old software on windows or preservation of um games on xbox right they, they try their best to preserve as as physically much as they can even though it's probably a, a money sink right it's not it's not making them a ton of money it's it's just it is a cultural thing that they care about and that makes me very happy to see these games being yeah. preserved and, and uh, I will say MS is definitely abiding by their principle of video game preservation. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think people would sub for those games. However, from a business standpoint, it's not just about their principles and doing the right thing by video, the standards of video game preservation. But what it's there for business-wise isn't to get them the sub. It's to get them the stay because the catalog is just so vast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's to make people ponder. They brought these back. What could be next? Yeah, they have, just like, hey, especially with Activision Blizzard coming too. That's going to expand the oh. amount of older games they have by even more. Because before Activision Blizzard was making the 
the, uh, you know, the big games that they have, the Call of Duties, the Spyros, the Crash Bandicoots, the Tony Hawk, they were developing all of these old PC games that a lot of people may not have even heard of. Um, and that's a big part of it. Like, this is going to open up even more. It's it's getting them new, in the news. It's getting people talking about them. It's getting the conversation started, and it's making people go, well, they added these, what could they add next? And that's a, that is a big deal. Um, it's just, it's, it's big in a different way than like adding Death Stranding as Death Stranding is a game that you could get people to potentially sub to you for, whereas, um, or keep their sub for you. Um, and these are more of a conversation starter, a, um, marketing strategy and stuff. So they do cost the money to get them on there. It is a sink, but, uh, Garrett, you, you do have a point Garrett. They are being very um, technical about this, there are advantages towards doing this besides just preser- preservation. And oh, it, yeah. it does, it does actually. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Garrett, but it does bring up one. What, what all, all what you said does bring up one very strong business point that I literally just thought of, and it shows that Microsoft cares about the preservation of these ancient games. So your library is going to be secure that's on the service. Like, everything that they own, yes. you better believe it's always going to be on the service no matter what. And that that itself is a strong business message, right? That, like, yeah, they're investing all this money, and, like, pound for pound, like, straight up, it probably isn't worth it, like, in terms of the software movement, right? But in terms of telling the consumer that, look, you know... 20 years from now, we're going to make sure that you can still play Castle Wolfenstein. That matters. You know what I mean? Because that, yeah. that matters for like, oh, so you really don't have to worry about Halo MCC sticking around. Because as long as we're here, it's going to stick around. And yeah. I, that, that's a very strong business. Um, and it's, it's even stronger because they're doing, they're sending that message about games that they didn't even own when they originally released. Yep. Like, we bought Bethesda. These games weren't ours when they released, but we are going to preserve these games into our best ability to do so. Um, we already sunk the money in the company. We're going to sink more money into preserving these, just like we're going to preserve as many of all games that are available on our service as humanly possible. Obviously, there's always going to be games that get delisted. It is a tragic part of the video game industry, especially with games like racing games where there's licensing um, deals with music that's in it and stuff. It, it's it's going to happen, but Microsoft is saying we are going to prevent it where we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's a yeah. lot of games. A lot of games to preserve. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm curious what everybody here uh, thinks. Uh, who else haven't I got to? Uh, Ger- General MLD, I'll hit you up. Uh, did you catch uh, QuakeCon? If so, what are your thoughts? Did you like some of the announcements? Oh, I definitely caught the highlights, and overall, it was very, uh, it was very appealing to me because um, I, a lot of these blockbuster, no, not sorry, the point is that they're not blockbusters, but the idea is that it does send a message that you, the guys pointed out before. It shows that they they do care about the IP history that they now own. Uh, the niche groups will be happy, and yeah, I mean. I'm actually looking forward to playing some of these games. Uh, sorry to say, back in the day, they slipped through the cracks for me. Like, I played Wolfenstein 3D as a kid, but I never beat it. And now I think I'm finally going to re- redeem my childhood and just beat that game. And now I can do it. See, as a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you also have access to Game Pass PC. And I am I think I'm finally going to, you know, make use of it. I think maybe that, that's part of the strategy. 
get a little bit a little bit of overlap here because I can see myself playing maybe six games uh, that are only on Game Pass PC, like the Fallout One, Fallout Two, Wolfenstein 3D, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Quake Two, and Quake Four, which, which which was just added. And I think like that right there, like it's a lot of value, and it shows you don't really people on Twitter or social media they're complaining that why are they only on PC? It's on it's on Xbox. I can at least understand why that's the case. First off, the PC market has to feel catered to. But second of all, and more importantly, these are all these are already PC games. There are less hoops to jump through to just put them on PC Game Pass. You got to go, go through a whole process to put them on console to certify for console. This way, it's just easier. Like I rather have them on PC Game Pass now rather than have them on console and PC Game Pass at the same time, but in one to two years. So I rather I like what they're doing now because again, it gets the conversation started. You know, it gets people talking, and yeah, I'm sure some people will will check them out. Again, it's not going to get people to sub, but it, it it will keep people subbed. Like it gets people nostalgic, and I think that's very powerful. Especially like you know, like these older Elder Scrolls games. I didn't, I never even heard of these games, and people are going to see that and be like, oh, well, what's what's this like? What this uh, series used to look like in the '90s? Uh, I think that's the whole point: get people talking and, and get the get the conversation going. But uh, yeah, like. Overall, I gotta say, like, I really, I really don't like the narrative that, yeah, like this disconnect between PC and Xbox Game Pass. If it requires your Xbox account, if you if you're racking up gamer score playing these games, it does not matter if it's on, on the console, on PC, or the cloud. They are make Xbox has made it very clear the ecosystem is a thing. It is beyond the console. And a lot of gamers online, they're still very traditional in the mindset. They haven't. Even the Xbox fans, they haven't moved past that. They're not really thinking like Xbox is thinking right now, how big the ecosystem really, really is and what they want it to be. So, and again, these, are, these aren't even demanding games. The, the most demanding game here is what? Quake 4, which was a 360 launch title. But any average PC nowadays, even laptops, can run all of these games. It's not this barrier that it's impossible to get to. These are very very low barrier games to play on PC or your laptop. So I, I don't see any problem with this. Like, I, I think I'm going to start uh, like pretty soon, actually. I'll use my laptop and I'll just get cracking on these old games, rack up my gamer score. And I, I, it's amazing that Xbox gave me the opportunity to do this. So at, at least that part of QuakeCon, I really did like. Their, their, their commitment to the IP that they own, that they now own, and their commitment to preservation. Now, onto more recent stuff like Redfall, that is going to be a great way to kick off 2023. Oh, um, yeah. I, oh yeah, like their, their initial marketing, people thought this was like a co-op heavy Left 4 Dead style game, and I'm glad that they're finally starting to address that. No, it is optional, but it is a it is a single player game. It, it strikes me as a slow, more of a slow paced FPS RPG like, like how Prey was, but obviously uh, in, in a different setting. But that's what I want. Like, I love the, the original Prey. Like, th this game looks vast. It looks detailed. Lots of guns. Lots of abilities to use. The sandbox in which to do it all in. This is going to be a fantastic game. Arcane has never made a bad game, to my knowledge. They've always made bangers. The biggest problem they, they had is that they're not really the best sellers. But with Game Pass and now under Microsoft's wing, that's not really a factor anymore. They, if, as long as they keep people subbed, 
they gain new subscribers. You know, the, with the co-op feature, people are playing with each other, gain others to, to try the game out. That's what's important, and they know that. And I really hope, I, th I think the quality is going to speak for itself. Like Arcane is, they are masters of their craft. So yeah. on the little part about id Software, like there are so many developers under Xbox's wing now that they are so, they're so quiet. And everyone is always looking at 2022 Xbox Slate. They are not thinking ahead. Uh, there are so many developers that have these games, exclusives for Xbox, ready to go. It's just a matter of, of when they're ready. And I think the oh, Xbox is going to really shatter a lot of people's uh, mindsets of them uh, as, as the generation goes along. I can't wait to see what id Software cooks up next. And uh, yeah, overall, uh, no complaints about QuakeCon. This was a fantastic, it was pretty nice. It's pretty nice. Did anyone else feel like Redfall kind of looks like a more in-depth RPG type of Left 4 Dead game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I got, um, so I've always thought that like, Arcane's big thing is they don't really invent new games, right? They they take a another type, usually of like a, a a more siloed type of game, and then they make it really their own. Like Dishonored and Prey were both inspired by um, but like like games like Bioshock and System Shock, right? Like you you can tell. Um, yeah, they they essentially take their games and go how they take other games and are like, how can I make this an Imsen? Yeah. How can I make this an immersive sim? Because they are absolutely the masters of that craft when it comes to creating these immersive sims. Um, to me, I got Borderlands. Really different genres. So I feel like that's another point that's really going to help them because M-Sims are a fairly niche genre on the grand scale of things. A lot of people, A, don't even really understand what an M-Sim is or, and uh, struggle to see the appeal with it. You saw that with Prey, which is by all means, in my opinion, a masterpiece, which actually... Uh, released to kind of mixed public appeal um and has since then basically recovered and is now almost universally accepted as a masterpiece but game pass and the services that microsoft and the marketing that they have is going to take down that barrier people have with ensigns they won't have to contemplate do i risk spending the money on this game that i may not enjoy instead they can go can i, I can just boot up this game in game pass and see how i like it mm-hmm yeah, and uh, I'll admit the uh, Redfall wasn't really on my radar, but now that we're starting to see a little more of it, I mean, it is, I don't know, it's looking pretty interesting to me. The uh, When they were talking about the world and how it's uh, larger than the Talos one from Prey, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I kind of figured as much, but uh, talking about the scope of the world, eh, it sounds really cool. I'm liking the environment and the way that they were describing the vampires. Uh, they do sound really great gruesome too which i like right so i mean despite the art style it does sound kind of gory in some ways uh but yeah i am keeping my uh my eyes peeled for more information on redfall for sure um centurion buddy i mean i would love to know your thoughts whether it be redfall or all the other stuff from QuakeCon. um i don't know what, what did you like or maybe you didn't like some stuff uh, i don't know what's your opinion um God, I'm, this is where I at least got to tell the truth. Um, I catch the highlights mostly because, um, for me, PC is not my platform. I I don't really mm -hmm. gravitate towards it. So QuakeCon, for me, in the, in the past, has been mostly a PC-centric thing. 
and that's where I've always caught the highlights. I know now it's starting to come more and more with a, a little bit more console because of being uh, Bethesda uh, being under that flag now. And I, I'm kind of right there with General MLD. I'm probably going to start exploring the PC Game Pass side of things because I, I do pay for it, God's sakes. But um, I'm more interested in checking out the roots of Fallout and some of the the older titles that helped create pave the way for console platforming games. Um, but for me, the highlight that I enjoyed reading about was Redfall because for me, Prey was a good game for me. I, I enjoyed Prey. I loved the fact that technically you had you pretty much had full access to the space station as long as you could do what you had to do to unlock certain doors and go to certain places but there wasn't like an established linear path you could go through the air ducts you could fight your way through you could sneak your way through there was multiple ways of approaching an objective um and that's the feeling i'm getting um from watching the redfall stuff and reading about it I'm excited for Redfall. Redfall has been on my, at least my game radar for a while now. Um, and the more I read about it, the more I see about it, I'm getting excited. I can't wait to experience this game with friends that I already have in my inner circle that we play games with almost every single night. I've even showed a couple of them Redfall and they're enjoying what they're seeing. Um, the concepts, I mean, like you touched on, like literally... Um, they said like the Talos uh, one was about five football fields and the Talos, the ta the size of Talos one fits in one region of the, uh, of Redfall. And the fact that we've seen at least through the videos that Redfall isn't just the normal Island. There's also the parts of the Island. Like you could somehow go to some kind of different dimension of the Island. To me, Redfall is going to be a very, a uh, very different kind of experience to what a lot of people are used to because I don't know exactly how many people have been exposed to what arcane can do. Um, um, the, one of our guests touched on how prey when it first came out, people were kind of eh, to pray uh, for me. I felt like it was almost like Bioshock, but that's my own opinion. But like, it felt like Bioshock to me being in a very, immersive uh world you're actually trapped in this world you can't really go outside of it and uh, the stories of the people around and just what you can do and the decisions you can make on you know wanting to uh use your abilities or stay completely human in prey um i really do feel this is going to be an experience for a lot of people that have not been exposed to the talent that is behind arcane studios and that's where, at least for me, when it comes to QuakeCon and reading about it, Redfall was where all my interest was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Prey, I, I, you know what? It's in my backlog. I got it day one, too, and I played a little bit of it, but just something happened, and I just kept get, getting put further and further back. But, I mean, I love that. I love the art deco to it. Uh, it's a little different than the well, original Prey, but I, I do I really enjoy it. Sorry? So it's almost spooky season, so it's the perfect time for you to take it out of the backlog. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I would say that's definitely an experience you would enjoy. And I know it's not like the original Prey, but if you really want me to be truthful, the original Prey, I never played it. And every time I go back and watch trailers on it and reviews when it goes on sale for backwards compatibility, 
I still haven't felt the urge to pull the trigger because I feel that the version of Prey that I was able to play um, appealed to me more. And it just, it was a very different concept of a game. I was very trepidatious in buying Prey. I didn't get it when it first came out. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to like the game. And then when I played it, I totally regretted not buying this game day one and experiencing it day one. Um, and like I the fact that there's technically different endings depending on how you play and also the differences in, in how you play can affect how you're actually going to traverse the game. Um, like basically, you know, it's kind of like the idea in like Bioshock. If you didn't acquire certain powers or do certain things, you had to go about a, a situation totally different as if you did get these powers. Mm -hmm. No, no, and you make an excellent point. Yeah, I mean, uh, the original Prey is a lot different than the, the newer one, and hey, you know what? We all like different stuff, and I totally, totally understand where you're coming from, and I, I do need to finish it, and you know, you're right, Mike, spooky season is coming up, and I should dive into it, because again, it's my thing. I do like it. Um, Garrett, I know you have to leave in, uh, in a little bit. Um, I don't know if you want to leave us with uh, some uh, words, uh, you know, to chime in on anything, but it's been great having you here. Um, you made some excellent points and, uh, you know, where can everybody find you? Yeah, everyone can find me. Uh, if they want to learn about me, it'd be garrettatkins.com. But uh, really, if you guys want to chat, hear what I have to say about video games or what projects my cousin Mike here and I work on in relation to the video game industry, you can follow me at Garrett E. Atkins. First name, middle, initial, last name on Twitter, Garrett E. Atkins. And uh, of course, check out GamePassCounter.com or GamePassTracker.com. They both lead to the same place, which is our little Game Pass tool we built. That said, uh, Centurion Crusader, General Invader. Of course, Mike, thanks for uh, talking with me tonight and having me on the podcast. I'd stay for longer, but I promised the fiance I'd be watching House of Dragons with her by nine o'clock. And here we are at 922. But I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. No, it was a pleasure, uh, Garrett. And uh, hey, maybe we can have you back on sometime soon. Would love to. Talk to you guys later. All right. Have a good night. Later. Have a good night. But uh, yeah, guys, just to round things off with uh, that topic. Um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good quake on myself. I just caught the highlights. But it, hey, it seemed like it had some nice uh, announcements. I would like to have seen... Uh, more Xbox console announcements personally for Game Pass, but I mean, you never know. There could be an announcement uh, coming at Gamescom uh, coming up. They could have held some stuff back. So, you know, I understand uh, console guys being, you know, a little muffled, but eh, you never know, guys. There could be an announcement coming right around the corner. Uh, let's see. Saying that, though, why don't we move on to our final topic for the night? And the studio buyouts, they just keep coming. I mean, everybody's getting bought up. And earlier this week, Embracer Group announced the acquisition of several more studios, including Middle Earth Enterprises, Tripwire Interactive, Tuxedo Labs, and more. They also bought accessory brand Geotech and Limited Run Games. So they have their hands on, well, a variety of industry facets, to say the least. 
Uh, Centurion Bud, I'll go over to you on this last topic. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, with this latest round of Embracer acquisitions? Because we got studios, some large transmedia IP, and then some. Like, What are your thoughts here? Oh, man, we could go on all night with just my thoughts. But, you know, this whole situation with Embracer um, is very interesting. We, You know, everybody's been talking about the moves that PlayStation makes, the moves that Xbox makes. But in my opinion, Embracer has made some leaps and bounds in a very short amount of time. Um, and we all know that, at least if you keep up with Embracer, uh, they like to acquire um, large chunks of the gaming industry, and then they like to create these, like, subsidiary groups um, based on the, the basically keeping them as a as a group, and they just run over all these little different groups um, that they've created under their umbrella. Because, I mean, it's like they, they back in I believe it was like May they got a hold of Crystal Dynamics, and they didn't just absorb Crystal Dynamics, and Crystal Dynamics became Embracer. It, it's still referred to as Crystal Dynamics. They just work under the um, uh, Embracer umbrella. And somebody actually made this graphic that made it on to Destin Laguerre's, um, uh video on this whole situation and also it made it on to social media of like how the gaming industry was this giant pie and how Embracer Group is pretty much this big slice of the pie that are actually bigger than playstation and xbox combined if i'm correct um and it's going to be very interesting going forward with what embracer can do i mean let's just start on some of the like this like the more less known titles but that are near and dear to some of our hearts um i forget the name of the actual studio that helped do this i've been trying to figure it out but i know the studio from legacy of kane was part of this deal um it would be great to see games like that where uh legacy of kane legacy of kane soul reaver all of a sudden get that that you know nod and they get at least remastered maybe even completely a remake um tripwire games uh they were a great studio um i enjoyed playing man eater and i mean if anybody hasn't checked out man eater uh dude discovery channel shark week that's the game for you second uh, eater is amazing oh dude i i bought that game on a whim and i couldn't put that thing down until i literally 1000 the game score oh, no, yeah no that's how i played it on a whim <laughs> i added to game pass i had initially wrote it off but yeah, I booted it up on Game Pass, and I did not stop playing it until I got the thousand uh, gamer score from it. It was so oh, much fun. Uh, I was not expecting it at all. It starts off as like a Discovery Channel documentary as a shark, and by the end of the game, you might as well be playing Jason Statham's The Meg, but on a sci-fi level. And then when that with the new DLC, all of a sudden your shark is like Godzilla, able to shoot lasers out of its mouth. I'm like, dude, this game is completely off the wall bonkers. It's 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 so great. Um, Wait, but what were you saying? You know what else they made? Hmm. Tripwire, Killing Floor, Killing Floor. See, I never got to play Killing Floor. I knew of it, but that's where I'll be truthful in my circle of friends. Isn't Killing Floor mainly a multiplayer game? Yeah, it's kind of like a Left 4 Dead yeah. Nazi Zombies style like horde shooter. It's fun. It's it's pretty. It's fun. It's very though. fun. Yeah, I'll yeah. have to check that one out then if it's horde. Because I mean, dude, I'm gonna be upfront. Multiplayer gaming is just one of the biggest. 
I mean, if you like everybody and their grandmother tries to come out with a new concept of multiplayer gaming, the only downfall with multiplayer gaming is the amount of time that you invest into one game makes you not want to invest much more time into a different game. Um, when it comes to at least staying in the multiplayer bubble, um, I'll have to check Killing Floor out. Now, obviously, everybody hears about all the stuff that was part of this this deal. I mean, with limited run games, I mean, they make some of the coolest looking collector's editions for games out there. Um, but let's the whole idea of Middle Earth Enterprises, the idea that, you know, theoretically, Embracer has a, a good portion of the Middle Earth rights when it comes to producing games and and other stuff revolving around uh you know um lord of the rings the hobbit um but that's where i found myself going in uh like wanting to watch paint dry uh listening to hogue law over on virtual legality when you find out just how spread out the rights for the the tolkien universe really is when you find out that this guy over here has the movie rights this one over here has the television rights this guy over here can make a mini series over here's the gaming when you find out that since the 70s the late 70s that middle earth enterprises in the original the original name of it has been piecemealing out the the licensing for Lord of the, uh, the the token universe so much that literally not one entity can own one, I mean, an entire piece of the pie. They only get their portion of it. But it is going to be nice to see Embracer Group hopefully maybe get Lord of the Rings, like uh, the Lord of the Rings Lego game back onto the digital storefronts. We all know the tile is there. Every time you click on it on Xbox, you can't buy the damn game. Um, you either got to go find an old copy of it or find one of the digital code cards to unlock the game because right now they do not have digital distribution rights, at least for uh, Lego Lord of the Rings. And that's actually been one. I've always gone back and checked on the store to see if it becomes available. Uh, we could potentially see new iterations of stuff when it comes to the, the you know, Shadows of Mordor uh, franchises. We could see them really blow off the dust of the nemesis program uh when it comes to lord of the rings and actually see some new games using it the sky's the limit when it comes to what can be done with this uh ip um it just comes down to i love i love the argument being made though does like do we really believe that every iteration of what's going to come out of the lord of the rings universe is going to be something that we're all going to love and appreciate because we currently see like the Gollum game. I mean, the Gollum game is not a lot of people are, I'm sorry, but people are not looking forward to the Gollum game. I'm pretty sure that there is a small demographic out there. What, what are you saying? I'm looking forward to it. Cause it's going to be bad and I'm going to play it. Oh, you see, that's what I mean. Everybody's... It's going to be a cult classic, bad game. It's like sitting there with your father back in the day watching NASCAR. You want to watch something else on the television, but at least you're just looking forward to the wreck that's going to make it interesting. And that's probably the best way to describe Gollum right now. Because, I mean, like, there is a lot better things that you could probably explore. I mean, make a game about Gandalf, but Gollum? Okay, sure. Um, but that's where it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of Embracer Group now that they have this, 
but we're also going to see a lot of crazy shit take place, especially with Amazon wanting to make their presence known with Lord of the Rings and that there's actually talks of like a Lord of the Rings animated movie that's coming out in 2024. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of interesting things I think take place just because of how many hands are in the cookie jar when it comes to the token universe. Oh, come on there, Centurion. You know you want to help Gollum find his precious. Come on. Oh, I had enough interactions with Gollum in uh, Shadows of... Was it Shadow, or Shadows of Mordor? Yep. Okay, yep. No, which I thought was cool. I think Gollum... Like, no offense to Gollum. I, I'm, like, I'm not trying to knock on the character, but he is what he is. He's a support character. Like, like, I mean, like, I don't really remember those conversations after reading the books or seeing the movies and talking with my friends about how people really wanted to go into depth in depth on Schmeagle. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. No, you're you know, that's a, that's that's a good point. Um, now, Mike, uh, I know you have some thoughts on this uh, buyout from Embracer. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of studios here, a lot of IP as uh, Centurion was just going on. Uh, what are some of your thoughts here? I think it's really exciting. Um, Embracer has a pretty unique approach when it comes to their acquisitions and what they do with it. Um, as was previously mentioned, they do just kind of form these subsidiaries and allow them to kind of run themselves they aren't very heavy-handed almost like current microsoft in a way where microsoft is allowing more of their studios to be a little more creative uh freely um rather than microsoft telling them what to create uh we're seeing a lot of remakes and a lot of remasters from the games that they now own such as destroy all humans destroy all humans 2 kingdom of alamar um, so I'm excited to see what they do with the new games that they that they acquired through their recent acquisitions. Um, the highlights for me and that they acquired from the latest batch is the rights to Lord of the Rings. I'm a really big Lord of the Rings fan myself. Um, I'd love to see them bring back some of the older games. Obviously, there will likely be licensing issues and stuff with that since a lot of them were developed by different studios. But they've gotten around those issues in the past with other series. Because I'd love to see something like Lord of the Rings Conquest come back, um, even if it's just a remaster or a re-release or a remake. Um, and then Tripwire Maneater, as was previously mentioned, is one of my favorite games that I've played with Game Pass, period. Um, I made fun of the game when it was first released. I will eat my words. It is amazing. Shark PGs are the future. Um, if you haven't played it, you you really should give it a chance. It sounds so dumb, and it is so dumb, but it's also so fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, Embracer is just nonstop acquiring all of these almost AA-esque quality studios. They aren't quite the massive AAA studios that you see other people purchasing, like um, PlayStation acquiring Bungie and Xbox acquiring Activision Blizzard and Bethesda, but they release quality games. They release these fun, bite-sized, often nostalgic titles, mm -hmm. um, and I'm excited to see what all they can bring back from these studios, what new ideas these studios have, because Embracer really is all about investing into the studios that they acquire and allowing them to do what they want to do. Like, we have... Uh, Edios saying that they want to work 
on some of their previous series again um, that they probably weren't allowed to develop um, while they were with Square Enix. So it's I'm I'm very excited to see how those dynamics will affect this new batch. And I think another thing that a lot of people aren't considering is with limited run games. I hope that Embracer and the funding that Embracer can give them can help streamline and increase the production of their distribution lines. Because one of the biggest complaints with them is that you will order something and wait a year, a year and a half before you ever actually see it. Um, which is understandable where they were because they were a small independent company doing it all by themselves. But Embracer has the money to increase every aspect of their industry and they are getting more and more competition as it goes on. You have super rare games now, special reserve games. You have all of these other companies that are doing similar, if not the exact same things as limited run games. And the one issue they are all facing is the production times. So I feel like if Embracer and Limited Runs come together to fix that issue, it's going to be huge for both of them. And just everyone will win from that situation. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that uh, some, of, like, some of their stuff like took that long to get out. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I ordered game, like I order from them every once in a while, and the longest I've waited was 14 months for a game. Ooh, wow, that's dedication, Mike. <laughs> No, good stuff, good stuff. Um, they also talked about an undisclosed studio purchase as well. I mean, do you have any thoughts of who that could be? Who do I? I don't have any thoughts of who I actually think it is. I have a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams. They're very unrealistic. Um, <laughs> with WB wanting to sell off some of their studios, I'm obviously like, they just got Lord of the Rings. What if they just bought Monolith? Just buy oh, them. Oh yeah. And give us the third shadow of game because that's what I want. That's what we that's what we need, truth truthfully. That is what that is what we need in this industry is another shadow of game. Developed by Monolith. We need more games with the Nemesis system. Um so that that is who I want. I honestly have like no realistic guesses as to how it could be. Because if anything the last few months have taught me is that no studio is safe. Anybody can go. We saw Bungie get acquired. We saw Activision Blizzard get acquired. Right. We're seeing studios that have stated that they, like Bungie, who stated that they wanted to be independent, get acquired. We saw behemoths like Activision Blizzard King get acquired. Anybody's on the table. And Embracer themselves is, feels willing to get just about anybody. And I feel like since it's undisclosed... It's going to come with a major announcement whenever they do decide to reveal it. Um, maybe even at something like Gamescom. And I feel like since it is undisclosed, I feel like it's a bigger name than some of the other studios that they've acquired in recent years. They think that this studio can stand on its own as news. Because a lot of these studios, if they just acquired Tuxedo Labs, that would have barely made headlines. Nobody would have been talking about that for days at a time. Um, and I feel I, that gives me hope that it is a bigger studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, some uh, well-made points there. Uh, you have me thinking now. I mean, who so, could it be? Yeah, go right ahead, Sinjur. I, I just want to ask one question when it's on the top of my head, and this kind of goes to the whole chat here. Um, do you think Embracer Group, now that they potentially have, like, like I'm wondering how the Nemesis program is going to work, 
is this still something that is under the WB banner or is it this is something? WB. Yeah, See, they, that's, they, they have a patent for it. That's why I was wondering yeah. if they got at the actual like rights to the patent yeah. because they, they Embracer. Licensed. Yeah, I was going to say Embracer comes off as the as the group that would license out the Nemesis program to allow other companies to use it because I mean, it's a really cool piece of technology that we would love to see in a lot more games, but because they patented this thing out until I think in the, the 2030s sometime that we're not going to see games be able to use the Nemesis program unless it gets licensed out before the patent runs out. Yeah, Warner Warner Brothers holds the patent. I believe it's under the subsidiary monolith. Someone said it in chat. Uh, I, I believe that's correct. That, like, technically it's associated with Monolith. So if Monolith yeah. was per acquired, that would likely would go with them. It. Yeah. Um, and a lot of uh, companies, like EA opened up most of their patents. Like, anyone can license them so long as they, like, follow the rules, credit them uh, appropriately, and, like, they aren't um, editing and trying to resell the patent and stuff like that. And also, those companies have to be open to a patent-sharing process. And, like, I think Microsoft's teamed up with them for that. Like, like, Apex has that special pinging system. And, like, anyone can implement that so long as they, like, um, uh, respect, like, the patent, the, the rules that EA put forward. So I could see Embracer doing something like that. Gaming patents actually go way, yeah. way into the past. I mean, there was a patent on the game mechanic that made Crazy Taxi Crazy Taxi. And I couldn't believe, like, looking at the patent for it, that to have a, a car driving down a road directed by an arrow with uh, pedestrians diving out of the way and, like, all these things basically created a patented-style game that nobody was allowed to duplicate. And in some of the stuff I've read and also watched, which is why Grand Theft Auto 3, they couldn't have pedestrians diving out of the way of the car. That's why when you play Grand Theft Auto 3, they don't like acknowledge the car because if by some chance the pedestrian dove out of the way of the car, they had to worry about creating patent infringement with Crazy Taxi. Huh. I didn't even know that. You learn something new every day or every night in TXR's case. But uh, now you're making me want to play Crazy Taxi. Dang, since you're in. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, actually with the, all these uh, IP and uh, whatnot, all these different rights for technology, uh, brings up a lot, a lot of good points here. Um, Crusader, but I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on the Embracer buyout of all these studios. Um, you know, a lot of studios here, some of them, I'll admit, I'm not as familiar with Tuxedo Labs. Uh, there's a few others, obviously, uh, but some name ones too. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all this? So, so let's do a little Crusader lore tonight. Ooh. Everyone, what's my, what, what do we think my favorite video game IP is? Mass Effect. Yeah. Okay. That's not obvious. No, I'm joking. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, if Mass Effect comes to Fortnite, we might we might have a we might have a a contention point. But um, yeah, that's all we need is Garrus um, flossing. But what is Crusader's favorite fictional like like favorite IP overall? Like beyond gaming? Mm, Peppa Pig. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. It, it is absolutely Lord of the Rings. It's just kind of hard to brand yourself as Vigo Mortensen in the gaming sphere. No one will take you seriously. So that's why I went with Garrus, right? I, Garrus is my second favorite character in anything, right behind uh, Aragorn. Um, and 
seeing Middle Earth Enterprises moving from a hyper-controlling parent to someone like Embracer Group is actually quite exciting to me because Embracer Group will actually do things with the IP that fans will like. Now, you're not we're not going to like everything, right? Like, some things are going to be Gollum, and I, I'm kind of a Tolkien purist. Like, I don't mind it when people make up, like, new things, like... Or, or, or change stuff to fit a medium. But uh, the second Shadow of game makes me very, very mad because of, like, some of the things that they did, like Sexy, Sexy Shelob and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, stuff with a steel door. Um, but, uh, you know, the good game. Like, great mm-hmm. game. It's just, like, as a, as a, you know... But I accept that, that, like, my media... That, that, that my favorite stuff is never going to be 100%. Um, pure that that nemesis system though i love it yeah yeah and that's that that stuff's cool so like i'm most excited about the lord of the rings stuff i have to be like it's it's, like illegal i just i love looking at the 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 licensing stuff for that like if you look at like what they control they they list all these things like they 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 own the movie rights now they they uh, the publishing rights of the books still belong to um the tolkien estate but the Tolkien estate would, if they want to do new, new stuff with the books, like special things, like say a limited edition of the stuff came with like one of the books, Tolkien estate will do it. They, they're not, they're not too, um, you know, you know, they're willing to publish the books in in unique ways. Um, but it excites me. the 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 biggest thing about Embracer is Embracer is, at its core, right? Like their their primary business is a video game company, but they're not really a video game company. They are an IP company. They are an IP machine. They own something like 800 unique IPs, and they are coming up with new ways to utilize those IPs that makes them super unique, right? Um, one of the big things that they own that a lot of people don't really think about is they own Dark Horse, the the, the graphic novel. Mm-hmm, Dark so, Horse. Like, Crusader is thinking to himself here, like, we could get like graphic novel like if they could work with the Tolkien estate with the books we could get like graphic novel renditions of the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit books and I think that would be absolutely incredible um so like you know I- I'm really excited like in an embracer group yeah they by by number of studios and like IP properties and stuff that they hold they're they're the largest uh, gaming conglomerate that exists they have like 120 some studios um like but and they have like 900 ips right like like it's insane but they their their focus is more on the in indie size to double a size like the, the single a to double a size stuff they only have 25 triple a games in development with all of those 120 mm-hmm. studios right and their their motto has been that like unlike ea and stuff unlike EA and l- other large publishers, they don't want to go all in on, like, a single IP. They want a even distribution among stuff so that, like, if an IP does really well, they, they can run with it, but it's not going to be the only thing that they're doing. They want to ha- They basically want to be creating some kind of game for every kind of gamer and keep releasing that kind of stuff, and I, I really like that philosophy. Um, it's almost kind of what Xbox is doing with Game Pass. They kind of have to, because you, you have to cater to all genre types and stuff like that but embracer group does it to the max um and by um developer population ubisoft is still larger activision blizzard i believe is larger um microsoft will definitely be larger with everything combined they'll be at like 18 or nineteen thousand <laughs> yeah. employees um compared to like the 12 to fourteen thousand that embracers estimating that they're gonna have 
Um, and, but yeah, it's a very, very, very exciting thing because like, no one really like, no one associates Embracer Group with a game because you associate all of their sub companies with stuff like their sub, their subsidiaries, and like Embracer Group itself is like almost this entity that just kind of exists, right? Like we mm -hmm. don't really we. Because like it's like THQ Nordic, it's Saber Interactive, Gearbox, it's Gearbox, whatever. Um, Coke Media just rebranded itself too, right? The Game Ion or Gameion or whatever st stupid name that still is like impossible <laughs> to pronounce, and they didn't solve any problems with rebranding. Um, but it, we think of all these sub brands as. Embracer Group, and we don't even really think of them as like the same company, right? Like, no one really associates THQ Nordic with Saber Interactive. You know what I mean? Like, like, like they're they're almost a uh, a separate entity, and that's what I really like about Embracer Group is that like it doesn't feel samey, right? It, it is this unique. Everything under them is 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 super unique. So like, I'm really excited for the future of Lord of the Rings under them. I really, 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 really want. A triple A linear action adventure Sony esque, you know, like 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 whatever one says that the Sony games are. I want one of those games for each of the Lord of the Rings books. And I cannot believe that we have not had this in gaming yet. Right? We've had like the old Lord of the Rings like turn based games, right? But how have we not had a beautiful, gorgeous scenery? action adventure game where you're running around as like the hobbits or like aragorn or gandalf right and like it, it would change throughout the story like how have we not had this in gaming yet it is frustrating it would be so good i'd be there day zero if i could be mm -hmm. yeah you're right on that but uh hopefully uh you know some of those titles come to fruition in the near future um, yeah, there's a lot more that could be done game-wise with the Lord of the Rings IP. I, I don't think, uh, you know, there's a lot of people there that uh, would agree with you on that one. Um, General MLD, buddy, I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts on the uh, recent Embracer buyouts acquisitions. Obviously, they just made huge uh, news, what was it, a month or two ago with regards to buying out uh square enix's western studios now we got a whole bunch more uh damn even middle earth enterprises uh tripwire limited run games dang there's a lot of uh, variety here what are your thoughts on this one? Oh yeah like um i mean it doesn't affect me uh small well, doesn't affect me personally because their games are multi-platform but it's a very interesting case to look at because i'm i'm also familiar with that little pie graph and it really shows how big Embracer Group is, but in my opinion, it's very deceptive because I don't want to offend anybody who are fans of whatever they own. But to me, they've always struck me as the kind as this big entity that gobbles up whatever's affordable, cheap, niche, and generally no-name developers, with obvious exceptions. No one, don't worry. There's obvious exceptions to the rule. I think they're Lord, the Lord of the Rings. The uh, the Square Enix uh, Western developers, those are, I think, where their highest profile developer buys, I think. Mm -hmm. But overall, though, they're into IP. They're into nostalgia, like a lot of remakes and remasters. And I think that's just their business. They, they're mostly single-A and double-A developers. And I think gobbling up all these guys into, into this giant consolidation, I think it allows them to generally fly under the radar as far as... Uh, 
um, or any organizations are concerned that that scrutinize. So, I mean, hey, good for them. I mean, it gives these developers uh, some financial cushion to do what they want to do. Looks like they, uh, you know, it's like an Xbox-esque hands-off approach. So, hey, more power to Embracer for allowing that. And it gets me thinking, like, oh, help us all if they ever decide to make uh, a subscription service for their games and IP for they, that they own and all the back catalog that they own. That would be a lot of games that I, I think is hmm, like too, like almost too much to count. Too many. <laughs> so maybe they're building towards something like that. I don't know. Just speculating right now. Maybe they're just going for like the, the giant umbrella, you know, uh, taking all the revenue they can from you know uh, all the IP and remasters and whatever games they they decide to create. But who knows? That might that might be the end game, and that might give uh, some legitimate competition there. But right now, I mean. Yeah, it's okay what they're doing. Uh, I got no problem with it. If if it me if it means more games, more uh, nostalgia trips, hey, I'm all for it. And uh, it, it's it is what it is. This is where the industry is heading. It's consolidation on a mass scale that no one has ever seen before in the history of gaming, and everyone's getting a piece of it. So hey, if they they can gobble, gobble up all the little guys all they want, doesn't matter. We'll let Xbox gobble up the big fish. Sony will get whatever's in between. And that's just the way that things are right now. But overall, it's very exciting times indeed. Mm -hmm. Now, MLD, uh, we've heard the term monopoly get used whenever, oh, again, boy. there's big uh, purchases like this. Um, yeah. Microsoft uh, tends to get brought up, especially with the Activision Blizzard King uh, deal still going through right now. Um would you consider this a monopoly because like that they're getting into because like you said they've been acquiring dozens of studios like crazy over the last like couple of years now the same as microsoft um does that term apply to them just yet do you think or is it or you know or is that just uh, too soon to call right now it is nowhere close to a monopoly because you know as i said a lot of their developers are very small very niche so, I mean, uh, people uh, like to bring up the, the market cap graph where 10 cents on the top, uh, Xbox is going to shoot. No, wait, like Sony's number two. Xbox is going to shoot uh, Leapfrog to number three after Activision Blizzard uh, takes effect. Embracer Group's somewhere below all that. So going, going by that kind of cr uh, standards, they are nowhere close to a monopoly. If you just go by sheer amount of developers, that's a very surface level, superficial way of looking at it. And I don't know. It's just because <laughs> I'm I'm on I'm on Twitter a lot. You, you you see all the narratives, all the double standards. Like no one bats an eye when Embracer Group goes on a buying spree multiple times a year. But Xbox is uh, finally deciding to compete with the full financial might of Microsoft to gain some ground and catch up a little bit. And that's the monopoly all of a sudden. The third place console brand is all of a sudden a monopoly. But Embracer, no one bats an eye. I think I, I'm going to say it. I mean, I, I'm an Xbox fan. I'm biased, but I'm just going to say it. Like Embracer Group, all this, all their growth, it has no, it has no impact on Sony and, and their operations. And therefore, the fans and the gaming media, they don't care. The moment Embracer Group impacts what Sony is doing, then you bet they're going to cry Monopoly. Like that is literally the only thing that's keeping Embracer under the radar is that they're not... Um, directly infringing upon what Sony wants to do. Xbox is, which is why you're hearing all that monopoly talk and all this uh, scrutinization with all the regulators. So that's my two cents. But hey, 
I mean, at the rate Embracer Group is growing, that might be the case one day, especially if they make their own subservice with all they have. If that ends up uh, cutting into uh, Sony's, uh, you know, own subscription services bottom line and growth, then you might see some gaming media and fans uh, speaking a different tune about Embracer. But right now, they're under the radar. They're now Monopoly. Yeah, I saw a little bit of the concern this time around, and it it was more related to the Middle Earth Enterprises than anything on my timeline, and it related to simply the amount of IP that they control, that it's not so much a, a monopoly, but it's it's almost an antitrust concern because of how many IPs that they have come into their control um, through, through M&A. Um, is it an actual... Like it, like legally, is there any real antitrust concern? No. Should should we be a little nervous with one company controlling so much IP, especially so many beloved IPs, like with with like Lord of the Rings, Borderlands, the Tomb Raider, stuff like that? Maybe. But like you know, you're you're absolutely right that like it, it's 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 not a concern right now. Yeah, especially if they're all multi-platform and you know they're not doing their own. You know, like proprietary subservice or anything, yeah, it, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. So, eh, more power to them. Mm -hmm. No, no, absolutely. And uh, again, I'll be curious to see uh, who that undisclosed uh, studio is. Uh, Mike, you might be right. Maybe we'll hear more come Gamescom or just sometime in the near future. But I'm um, very curious to see who that studio is in particular. Uh, my guess is, and I agree with you, Mike, it's probably a larger one out of that uh, group. So uh, we'll see about that. Uh, guys, any any other thoughts on Embracer? They, they said it was their... Now, I, I was confused with their press release, but they said it was their fourth or fifth largest acquisition. Now, I'm not sure if that's meant to be within the sphere of what they just bought in like in like those six. Or if it is overall, I'm more online to believe it's overall. Um, it means it could be big because they have Gearbox, they have yeah. Deep Silver, Crystal Dynamics, Edios. Yeah, and my my opinion on it has been either one of WB's studios offload them, just like you. I I've actually been of the opinion that it would be Traveler Tale because yeah. that's a licensing nightmare, and you better believe that. Um, yeah, Embracer loves their licensing. Yeah, yes. Bracer loves their licensing, and it seems like Discovery, Discovery Times Warner hates it. With the, the, yeah, they yeah, they do. Ridiculous. Um, so that to me, the Lego Studio is pro is probably one of the most um potential. Um, and that it could we we know that the Skywalker Saga is going to show up at D twenty three, so like D twenty like Disney's showcase of of content. So. Mm -hmm. It could even be there that it's announced that there that that there's a, a purchase. Gamescom, like you said, is a, a, a great one. Um, it, Nether Realm could be another target with with the Mortal Kombat IP. Who knows if times if Time Warner, you know, necessarily wants it, and they could always hold on to like the movie rights while they sell the game studio and the game if they if they don't necessarily want that. Uh, another one would be uh, Crytek. Yeah. Um, Crytek is like the exact kind of studio when you like compare them to like a gearbox and like some of the other larger they're technically triple or like they're triple a studios but like not like as big as some of the other ones and they've so, been like, a bit dormant even yeah so like crytek uh, crytek could be another one and like again if, if they're going to announce a game like they could be announcing Cry like 
officially showing Crisis 4 for the first time or announcing something or, you know, and be like, hey, and, and we're, we're teaming up with Embracer to do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I would think a studio that's large and independent or someone somewhere wants to dump them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting thought. Uh, yeah, it. Um, well, I guess we'll find out sometime soon. I mean, really, some great thoughts tonight, guys, on Embracer. Damn, I mean, all kinds of really good ideas there popping about. Um, guys, before we end off, um, obviously there was uh, there's been talk in the chat about it. Um, news came out today about um, Saudi Arabia. Um, rectifying the they gave their verdict on the uh, activision uh blizzard and it seems like things are uh, good to go um it looks like they're accepting it and i don't know it just seems like uh you know the dominoes are gonna start to fall uh do you guys think that we'll hear more uh countries um ac- like accepting this deal very soon oh 100 percent the fact that the first domino fell in august like when people uh, just assumed it, it will go right down to the wire at the end, like June 2023. Like Microsoft, they've been on, they've been two steps ahead this entire time, and that is just amazing to see. Like it is very, I, I'm still skeptical. I'm not officially gonna predict it. It'd be nice, but if they can uh, get this finalized before Call of Duty or even like b- before the end of the year, that would be phenomenal. Like really, really amazing. But I mean, it's just amazing how quickly this process is moving along so only good news for this stuff i can't wait to see it finalized mm-hmm. yeah mike do you have any thoughts on that because i know we were talking a little bit before the show um like do you think we'll be hearing more studio uh, more uh countries uh kind of uh give their okay uh very soon following the uh saudi arabia um notice i th- i think so i think it's gonna be a little spaced out to begin with. I wouldn't expect a large avalanche of them approving it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a few weeks, if not another month or so, until we hear another country push forward with the approval. Um, but I feel like every single time you get a new approval, there will be less time um, between the next country that adds their approval for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how about you, Centurion, or... Uh... Uh, do you agree with what MLD and uh, Mike are saying here um, that, you know, like more should fall, but, uh, you know, slowly but surely, uh, you know, they'll uh, they'll start announcing it and we could see it, you know, an official uh, like the officialness of uh, Activision Blizzard King be a part of Microsoft. Well, sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm wanting to say sooner than later, uh, but, you know. It probably is going to happen sooner than later, especially now that we're seeing groups like Embracer um, make purchases like this. Um, There's been very little resistance in the gaming industry other than one entity that's kind of tried to voice some version of concern um, that was completely mute, in my opinion. It's it's probably... We're probably going to see the the dominoes slowly start falling. Um, I already... I already expected some of the, the more smaller regions to already say, yeah, we don't have a problem with it. For me, at least as a spectator, 
the two regions that I am watching the most closely are um, the, the the European or the UN, the UN, the UN and then the uh, sorry the FTC here in the United States. All right, all right, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And how about you, Crusader? Uh, do you agree with the panel on uh, like their opinions? Um, like, do you think that we'll start seeing slowly but surely uh, some more countries kind of make their announcements? And uh, I don't know. Do you think that uh, I don't know? We'll see a like an official like okay for the purchase uh, like before the end of the year, at the end of the new oh. year. I've been of the opinion the whole time that it's probably going to be somewhere between November and March, right? Somewhere in that time period. I'm leading more towards the January, February personally right now. Um, I think just like Centurion said, we're going to see the smaller ones happen first. We're not going to hear from the EU. The EU doesn't publicly say anything ever. So like, as long as they didn't come out and say they're blocking it, assume everything's fine with the EU. Um, the, the two that I'm worried about are the CMA in the UK, the basically their equivalent of the FTC mm -hmm. and the FTC in the U S because we can actually like listen to what they say, like that we, we will actually see them. And I, I, when I say worried, I'm not worried, but they're the ones that I'm looking at, right. For, for what they say. Um, and it, the ones that are going to be the largest areas of concern are the ones where the they have studios and they operate more heavily and Microsoft itself operates more heavily. So like Saudi Arabia, of course, is one of the early ones because I don't think they have a studio in Saudi Arabia at all. And Microsoft doesn't have huge holdings within Saudi Arabia. Um, so it's not something that is, you know, like they weren't even a real concern for approving it. They just have a regulatory body and, both companies operate there, so it had to be approved. Um, but it's good to see it starting, right? We we are we are starting to see it happen, and that that's good. Um, so I I'm still of the line that nothing's really changed. Um, I I I still give it a very good shot of going through. Warren Buffett just pumped more money into his, uh, how many shares he owns of uh, Activision Blizzard, so. You know, everything's just kind of moving forward. and I think everyone kind of expects it to just kind of move forward. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I mean, well, again, it's going to be uh, some time before, uh, again, this all becomes official. But, yeah, you know, it's good to see the gears churning on uh, this deal finally. Um, but, yeah, guys, I think on that note, we've covered all that we can for the night. And I got to say, great chat tonight talking about what did we go over oh yeah death stranding QuakeCon, and embracer group purchases not to mention uh you know the saudi arabia microsoft with the deal uh to all our viewers and listeners tonight it was wonderful having you all here as per usual and if you enjoyed our discussion tonight then please consider leaving a like subbing to the channel and sharing this out across social media it would mean a lot and hey, to our guest tonight, uh, really, you guys really brought some interesting takes. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. Uh, Garrett, obviously, uh, it was great having him here. He'd left uh, a few minutes ago, but uh, hey, it was awesome. We got to have him back. Mike, again, some really great takeaways tonight from you as well. Uh, thank you for coming on. It would be great to have you on here again. And uh, yeah, where can all these wonderful uh, people tuning in follow you at and your work? I'm pretty easy to find whatever platform you want to find me on. It's just my name, Mike Zoke. 
Um, I'm pretty plain like that, but it makes me easy to find. But um, you'll find me more often running the day-to-day -day happenings of GamePassCounter.com, either on the website or on any of its socials. I handle all of the socials for our brands. I handle all of the updates to the website. And then our other business partner, Alex Dietrich, he's the one that created the actual website itself and is the one that applies the updates. Um, but we love feedback, so if you ever see issues with the site, you have ideas, you want uh, you have features you want to suggest, you can always DM me either at my personal, Mike Zoak, or at Game Pass Counter. Um, I am almost always around, and I love chatting with everyone. All right. Well, you you heard him. You heard him. Definitely, uh, you know, send a message uh, with suggestions, and hey, just check out the content over there on uh, Game Pass Counter and PS Plus Tracker. Very, very useful websites and handles, to say the least. Um, all right, moving on to the TXR regulars, starting off with General MLD. Buddy, hey, fantastic show with some really excellent points. Uh, where can everybody follow you? Thank you, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter. Gamer tag is Ghost MLD. Overall, great chat. Looking forward to uh, Gamescom and uh, plenty of news to talk about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, next week's going to be interesting. Uh, moving on over to Crusader. Buddy, again, you had some really good uh, highlights, good comp, uh, good, uh, uh, like really good takeaways for sure. Um, where can all these wonderful, delightful people follow you at? Yeah, everyone can uh, find me at um, Crusader3456 uh, Crusader on every platform. It's in the description of the YouTube if the, your brain just hurt as much as mine does right now. <laughs> um, it, it'll be in the description of the, the YouTube link. Um, yeah, great show. I, I loved uh, Our guests were fantastic. Loved having you on. Um, everyone had great points tonight. It was a great show. Um, but yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I concur, my friend. I concur. And who do we got here? Centurion, buddy. Again, I thought you had a really awesome show, too, as per usual. And uh, where can all these lovely, delightful people follow you? Uh, thank you to everybody out in the chat. Thank you to both our great guests. Uh, it was a, definitely a great Sunday night, great conversation. For those interested, please find me at Centurion1307, YouTube, Xbox Live, Twitter, you can also find me right here every Sunday night with this amazing group of gentlemen. And you can also find me every Wednesday on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood and the rest of the amazing crew over there. All right, good stuff. And finally, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, check me out on social media like Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Excellent chat tonight, gentlemen, and I'm already looking forward to the next one. Yeah, Gamescom uh, news should be interesting next week. Later, everyone.